Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker welcoming you to Movie Attic Headquarters. You're in for a great show today, folks, because three of our favorite film critics are here to preview this fall's movie release schedule. Nell Minow, also known as the Movie Mom, is here, as well as Mad Movie Man A.J. Hockery and Movie Mac, that's Mac Bates, of course. As most of our regular listeners know, these three critics pull no punches in their movie reviews, so they make a fun trio. We're always excited when they agree to visit us together and on the same show. But you know, folks, I'm always happy when summer at the, movie, at the movies ends and fall begins, because as much fun as many of the summer films bring us, we know that Hollywood generally saves the quality films for release beginning in September. So, here it is, September. And our topic today is very timely. That's why I'm glad that Nell and AJ and Mac have agreed to help us decide what movies deserve our attention. And I'd like to bring them on now. Ladies first as usual. Welcome back to Movie Attic Headquarters, Nell. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be back. Can't wait to hear what my buddies have to say. I know the feeling, and we love having you on our show. And when it's with AJ and Mac, that's uh, icing on the cake, or, or what did I say last time? Butter on the popcorn. I, I'm sorry about that. I couldn't. I couldn't resist. And AJ, are you ready to talk about the fall film schedule? I am ready and raring to go. It's it's been kind of an iffy year so far for movies, but in looking at the upcoming fall schedule to put together my list of the most anticipated ones. There's a lot of stuff that I had to leave off, a lot of stuff that I wrestled with myself. It's like, oh, should I leave that off? Should I put it on? So there's going to be a lot of great stuff to choose from this, this upcoming season. I know exactly how you feel. Uh, and how about you, Mac? Um, are you looking forward to uh, talking about the fall film schedule? Oh, yeah, definitely. I've been uh, pouring through my Entertainment Weekly fall uh, movie guide like uh, – <laughs> pretty much daily trying to you know, go back and forth about whether I'm interested in that film or this film, and it seems like I find something uh, new every time I uh, you know, peruse those pages. So, yeah, I'm definitely excited to talk about uh, the films that I'm most anticipating this fall, and there are a lot of great choices, so uh, I don't think there's going to be a, a dull uh, pick in the bunch. I, I think you're right about that, and I was uh, interested in, in reading my Entertainment Weekly that had the uh, their fall film preview to see that there were – 88 uh, theatrical releases scheduled from from now through the end of the December. So I really do need need some help, and I know there are a lot of listeners out there who are happy that you guys are here on the show to to give us some assistance. But I did want to remind listeners about your credentials, and uh, so that they'll they'll understand why I'm so excited about having all three of you on the show today. Of course. We know that A.J. contributes movie reviews to his own popular movie site, Cineslice, but he also 
writes for Classic Movie Guide, Real Talk Movie Reviews, yay, and Terror Tube. And Nell writes about culture, media, and values for BeliefNet.com. And she's the author of many film-related books, including The Movie Mom's Guide to Family Entertainment. Mac writes freelance articles for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and serves as a staff blogger for Milwaukee Magazine's official film blog. So as you can see, dear listeners, we're very fortunate to have such well-qualified and fun guests (laughs) for today's topic. And I'd like to start by asking each of you guys, which fall theatrical releases are you most eager to see and why? Now, uh, we're very sorry that AJ won't be able to stay for the entire show, so we're going to uh, put him on first. AJ, um, what, which fall movies are you looking forward to the most? And, and I think we'll just say uh, five of them. If there's time, um, if time per- permits, we can do more, but let's just stick with the, with the top five that you're looking forward to. Alrighty, can do and 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 keeping in character with myself, I only usually consider fall to end uh, to end at the end of November because December that's kind of works into winter time for me. So I'm going to have some stuff on or myself. My list isn't going to have some stuff that probably uh, Nell and Mac are going to talk about. You know, definitely you know the upcoming Hobbit movie. I'm definitely interested in and Unbroken, uh, the Angelina Jolie directed uh, war film. Uh, those are coming out around Christmas or uh, in December, so those won't be on the list, unfortunately. My list only covers September through the end of November, but still there is a lot of fantastic stuff. Okay, in, uh, good point. In, right, yep, in no particular order, I just have my five here. Uh, I've uh, One of them is uh, Gone Girl, the new uh, David Fincher movie. And if you would have told me five years ago that I'd be excited for a movie that combined uh, Tyler Perry with Neil Patrick Harris. I don't I don't think I would have known how to react to that. I think I just would have stared dumbfounded at you. But, yeah, but when you have a creative team like David Fincher and uh, Ben Affleck, who's uh, on a career resurgence ever since, you know, he got back into directing and working his way up there, and he's slowly coming back as an actor, as a movie star, you know, as a – matinee you know above the marquee lead and uh this looks like a very you know dark gritty dramatic thriller i haven't read the the very popular book that this is based off of but the trailers have given me like this very spooky eerie impression and i know that david fincher is going to pull it off even though i wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of his uh last movie the adaptation of uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo Although, to be fair, I didn't think all that much of the Swedish version, so I wouldn't put all of that responsibility on him. Mm. Uh, But, yeah, Gone Girl, definitely looking forward to that one. Uh, My second choice would be uh, the the dramatic comedy Birdman, uh, directed by Alejandro Gonzalez Iñárritu, featuring, you know, Michael Keaton as a kind of -of out-of-work, washed-up actor trying to get back into the spotlight. And I didn't really know what to think of this uh, movie when I had first heard of it, but as soon as I saw the trailer, it was completely, you know, against expectations, and it's got this incredible cast, you know, you got Edward Norton in it, and all sorts of great people, but then you have Michael Keaton, who is one of the most underrated screen presences, like, every once in a while, I just find myself going, you know what, the movies need more Michael Keaton in them, because he's such a versatile guy. Yes, yes, he is. 
Yeah, awesome. Glad you guys agree. Like, even in some piece of junk like Need for Speed, like, he just perked things up, even though I spent half the time wondering, like, what is your character's deal? What are you doing? But, <laughs> but, but we're not talking about Need for Speed. We're talking about something that actually looks good. Uh, yeah, Birdman looks like a really quirky comedy drama. It's definitely, after I saw that trailer, shot up to, like, at least my top five must-see list for the fall. Uh, this uh, third pick I have is one that I haven't actually seen uh, a whole lot of, you know, art or advertising materials for it. But just because of, just because of its pedigree, I'm definitely interested in it. And that's The Tale of the Princess Kaguya, which is the latest uh, film from Studio Ghibli. Uh, it's not directed by Hayao Miyazaki, who uh, announced his retirement and said that uh, the Oscar-nominated The Wind Rises would be his last film, although he... He's announced his retirement about as many times as Brett Favre, so we'll see how he sticks to it. Uh, but, yeah, just like the Studio Ghibli's track record with their uh, Miyazaki movies and their non-Miyazaki movies, even the ones that haven't been all that great have just visually been completely astounding. You know, the care and detail that is that goes into these movies is just monumental. It blows me away every time. And as soon as I heard they were making a new one, I'm like, okay, I'm there. You don't even have to say anything. It's kind of like Christopher Nolan or uh, there are some other directors out there, speaking of which, we will see him a little bit later on the list, but we'll get to that in a second. As soon as you say the word Studio Ghibli, I'm totally on board. So the tale mm-hmm. of the Princess Kaguya, no matter what it's about, I'm totally in. I'm all in. Uh, my uh, fourth choice is another animated movie, and that is Disney's Big Hero 6, which is their first uh, property combining, you know, animation with a Marvel property. You know, they've had all these, uh, b- the big budget, you know, the Captain America and Guardians of the Galaxy, the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, but now they're actually doing something that's, you know, squarely aimed at kids and uh, purely from beginning to end animation and uh, just from the teaser trailer alone, like, Disney does a fantastic job with teaser trailers. Like, even going back to, I remember seeing Toy Story 2 and seeing the dinosaur teaser. And not a whole lot of people remember that, that movie, but gosh, what an awesome trailer that was. And this one just made quite an impression with a kid trying to make, like, a superhero robot after this big, plushy, you know, Michelin Man-type-looking robot, trying to make him all look cool in armor and stuff, and... Just from the concept art and the other trailers that I've seen, the look of it is just so bright and colorful and poppy. It looks action-packed. It looks packed with all sorts of jokes. And uh, Disney's been on a pretty good roll with animation outside of Pixar, you know, going from Princess and the Frog to Tangled and to Frozen again. And uh, Big Hero 6, my love of uh, Disney animation combined with my love of... uh, superhero properties, especially Marvel, it's definitely something, it's definitely a ride that I'm looking forward to. Got one more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my fifth pick, you know, as I hinted at earlier, I know I said I wouldn't rank these, but this one would probably be my most anticipated of the year, and that is Christopher Nolan's Interstellar. Like, he is undoubtedly, like, one of my one of my favorite filmmakers ever since I saw Memento in the theater with my, uh, my mom had to take me to it because, you know, I wasn't old enough to see it by myself at the time. And she was utterly confused and gobsmacked. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) And that love has continued, you know, all throughout, you know, of course the Dark Knight trilogy, which is amazing, but then stuff like Insomnia and the Prestige and Inception, my 
favorite movie of 2010. And I've I've tried to go into this as knowing as little as possible. You know, I've seen trailers and stuff, but even still, they look like they're doing a really good job on their own. You know, hiding the true uh, scope of this movie because you know you'll see the trailer and it's Matthew McConaughey has to go up into outer space on a mission of some kind and it, like the trailer ends just when you know the spaceship is getting ready to go and I think this movie is going to astound a lot of people it's not going to be what they're expecting in, the, in all the right ways it looks like there's this whole other world that has yet to be explored it's got a fantastic cast and uh just, and I'm willing to bet that this movie's going to blow me away with its concepts. You know, Chris Rillon hasn't disappointed me yet. Dark, Dark Knight Rises wasn't really up to snuff for me, but I still really liked it um, more often than I didn't. But yeah, Interstellar is my most anticipated movie of the year. That first uh, couple of trailers all gave me chills, so I'm totally on board. Oh. You have you have a very fascinating list, and I I wonder if Nell has any of the same um, films on her uh, top five most eagerly awaited films of the of the fall. Uh, Nell, do you want to chime in and uh, give us your picks? Well, sure. Um, uh, AJ's got a great list. Uh, four of his films are on my list, but fortunately. Uh, I made a long list because I figured that um, people would be picking some of the same ones. So I'm going to name films that were not on his list, but you can assume that I want to see all of his. Okay. So one of the films that I'm most excited about is Box Trolls. Uh, I, you know, Leica, uh, Toraline is one of the greatest films I've ever seen. I love Sarah Norman. So they're two for two with me. And I got to visit the set. Uh, out in Portland of Box Trolls, and it completely blew my mind. They have done things there that no human being has ever done before. They use every kind of technology from Bronze Age technology of fusing wires together to the most advanced computer technology to bring these little dolls to life. They have over one and a half million interchangeable faces. And in the previous films, they could have only uh, about a dozen characters this one, they've got 100 characters, and they're waltzing together. So the characters are much more expressive. There are more of them, and it looks like a terrific story. So I'm very, very, very excited about Box Trolls. Uh, also, it's a great cast. I got to interview uh, Ben Kingsley, who plays the bad guy, and I got to interview the kids, uh, El Franny, uh, and uh, the other guy uh, from the cast, and so I'm very excited about that. Um, I'm really looking forward to Book of Life, uh, which is the uh, animated film. Uh, from Guillermo del Toro with uh, voices of uh, Channing Tatum and Christina Applegate. And this, this animation looks like nothing you've ever seen before. Very, very, very excited about it. A wonderful tale inspired by the Mexican holiday. And uh, I saw the cast at Comic-Con. They said, you know, we come in the United States. We're in a culture where we're kind of afraid of death. We don't talk about death. This is a culture where they embrace death. It seems like kind of an Orpheus type story, and I'm very, very excited about that one. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, the uh, the two big British, I've got tied for third place, the two big British prestige films, The Imitation Game about Alan Turing and The Theory of Everything about uh, Stephen Hawking. Those both look like awards based, but they look like they're really, really good. And I'm looking forward to Dear White People, which looks like an immediate classic. It looks so smart. 
so great. The, the, the new poster came out yesterday, and not only was it an incredibly great, brilliant poster, but I love the story behind it about how it, it came to them through a fan. And I just think that that is going to be one of the absolutely most terrific films of the year. I'm super, duper, duper, duper excited about it. And um, Foxcatcher with Steve Carell and Channing Tatum again and Mark Ruffalo in the insane true story of a a wealthy man, heir to the DuPont fortune, who murdered an athlete that he was helping to train for the Olympics. It looks, it's from the people that did uh, Capote and Moneyball, and I'm tremendously excited about it. It looks just great. What a fascinating list you have put together, too, Nell. And I, I know that A.J. has to leave in, in just a few minutes, but I want him to hear what Mac's uh, top five are before, uh, before he has to go. So, so Mac, what are, you, what are you looking forward to the most this fall? Okay, at the top of my list is Dear White People. I have to completely agree with Nell. Uh, that movie, I've uh, seen a, a number of... Uh, of uh, pieces on YouTube about it, uh, interviews that the filmmaker Jason Simeon, he wrote and directed the film. It's his directorial debut. Uh, uh, has given uh, regarding the film dating back to uh, Sundance when it took Sundance by storm and won won uh, one or two prizes there. Uh, it, this looks like a biting, brilliantly constructed social uh, satire set at a, uh, a fictional university, where it's uh, uh, you know the the uh, the black students versus the white students and the black faculty versus the white faculty. It just it, it just looks it looks amazing. I haven't been this excited about a uh, a film in quite some time, and I'm definitely looking forward to that. That opens up sometime in October, and I'm going to be the first person at the theater when it opens <laughs> up here in Milwaukee. I am, yes, I cannot wait to see it. It just looks so brilliant, and I just hope that it lives up to uh lives up to my expectations, and based on what I've seen and what I've read and, and uh, you know, what I've gleaned, it, it seems like it will. I'm also looking forward to a, another film that uh, A.J. Hit mentioned earlier, Gone, Gone Girl, uh, the film, yeah. the new film by uh, David Trencher. Um, you know, it stars uh, Ben Affleck, as he said, and uh, he plays a man whose wife ends up missing, and it's this big uh, mystery as to uh, uh, what happened, and if, if she's dead, did he do it, and if she's, uh, you know, missing, did he play in a, any role in that? And um, like you said, you know the, the cast is uh, pretty pretty uh, eclectic. You know, it starts with Ben Affleck, and then there's Tyler Perry. He's in the film, and who would ever expect him to be in the David Fincher film? You have David, uh, um, rather uh, Neil Patrick Harris, Celia Ward, and you know it's always great to see her in anything. You know, a, a great actress who got her um, her work in television, who uh, you know doesn't work nearly as nearly enough nowadays, in my opinion. So it's great to see her in something. Uh, Rosalind um, uh, Rosamund, uh, Pike, she plays the wife who goes missing, and I'm definitely interested in seeing that. Any any nail biter from David Fincher is definitely worth your um, worth your time, and definitely worth the price of admission. I'm also looking forward to um, Jeremy Renner's um, a big uh, Oscar film, uh, Kill the Messenger, where he plays a, a real life uh, reporter um, who. Um, um, basically uh, becomes the target of a, of, a, of a smear campaign that drives him, uh, you know, to a, a pretty desperate uh, point when he exposes the CIA's role in um, arming uh, the Contra rebels in Nicaragua. And uh, it, it just looks like, the, based on the trailer I've seen, it looks like um, he's probably going to be landing his uh, second best uh, actor nomination in, uh, in uh, probably well, about four or five years. So he just it looks it looks exceptional. And um, I've been following his career now since uh, long before anybody knew who he was. He was on this show 
years ago called the It Factor LA when he was uh, among uh, among a, a member. Uh, he was a member of the uh, ensemble cast, and they were following actors, you know, trying to make it in LA. And I knew then that I like I saw him, and I like that guy's going places. And true enough, um, about eight years later, uh, the the Hurt Locker came out and uh, put him on the map. And I'm glad to see that he's been able to you know ride that wave ever since. Um, and for my fourth film, I'm also interested in seeing uh, the new Jason Bateman-led ensemble, This Is Where I Leave You, that comes out in September, this whole, cause I, uh, I think uh, two weeks from now. Uh, Jason Bateman's in the film. He plays um, a, um, uh, one of uh, four grown siblings who are forced to return to their childhood home and uh, live under the same roof for an entire week. Their, um, their mother, played by uh, Jay Vonda, basically grounds them. This is after their father passes away and and it's really a way of her trying to get them all to realize how important they are to one another and how uh, vital they are to each other's lives. And each of them is going through their own individual, you know, uh, angst at the time. Like his wife, uh, he finds, uh, Jason Bateman's character finds out that his wife is cheating on him with someone. And, you know, and uh, a lot of in, uh, hilarity ensues after that. It's uh, the latest from Sean Levy, the guy who's directed all of the uh, Night at the Museum films. It's his first R-rated film. And uh, like I mentioned before, Jane Fonda plays the uh, family matriarch, and it's actually funny that in the original source material that the movie's based on, uh, a book by Jonathan Troper, Jason Bateman's character actually tells his mother, who's played by Fonda in the film, that she's prettier than Jane Fonda is when he happens across <laughs> her as a child working at the <laughs> Jane Fonda exercise video. <laughs> so, you know, so that's a pretty interesting kind of in-joke that a lot of people might not be aware of regarding that film, so that's what I'm looking forward to. And plus it's going to be interesting to see um, if this is the film that finally kind of justifies Jane Fonda's, you know, return to acting. Because she's, you know, she's done uh, quite a bit of work since she's returned, but she hasn't really had that, you know, breakout, like, you know, she's back sort of role. It is going to be interesting to see if this is the film and the performance that kind of, you know, puts her back, uh, you know, in in, in, um, the echelon that she was before she retired from acting. And you have one more. Yes, the last one that I'm looking forward to, um, actually looking forward to a lot of them, but the last one on this list is uh, The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby. Uh, that stars Jessica Chastain as the title character, and it, the movie is really, uh, it's actually three separate films. The one that's going to be opening up shortly is The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, Them. There are actually two other films that are going to be opening up <clears throat> later in the fall called the, the, the Disappearance of Eleanor, Eleanor Rigby, Her, and The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, Him, which is told from uh, uh, her perspective, the her uh, sex uh, film, and the one told for, from his perspective uh, would be told from her character husband's perspective, who was played by James McAvoy. The film, films, I should say, also co-star uh, Viola Davis, uh, William Hurt, Isabel Huppert, uh, Nina Arianda, and uh, Bill Hader, Hatter rather, from, of SNL fame. And uh, all the films are about a couple's um, falling in love and a couple's falling out of love. It's basically the evolution of a relationship. Something tragic happens to this couple that's very much in love, and then they're Union uh, disintegrates, and then it's about um, the journey that they both go on after they uh, go their separate ways. And um, the interesting part about um, this particular film that is not only told in, you know, that's told over three, <laughs> three different films, is that Ned Benson actually worked uh, his original uh, idea for the film, his original concept for the film, when he met a Jane at a film festival. And she told him how much she admired the film that he had shown at the festival. And he was like, oh, I've got to work with this young woman. She's great. And so he basically uh, created this 
and she's been getting rave reviews for it. So it's going to so be interesting to see. That is really a different, a different way to do it, and and what a diverse list that, that you have. And I will mention that we do have some similarities. Now, Nell, you had some of the same, well, the same top four of the five that AJ had, but the ones that we've talked about now, we have two, uh, two votes for Gone Girl, and we have uh, two votes for Dear White People, and we have two votes for um, the Box Trolls, because that's on my list. I, I think that just looks like it's going to be such a delightful film. And um, my other uh, my other uh, quickly uh, picks are two musicals, of course, Annie, and that's coming out at Christmas time. So I went clear through uh, through December on this, and I just can hardly wait to see another Annie because I love every Annie that I see because it is a musical and has such wonderful music. Into the Woods would be a, be my other musical. Whoa, I can hardly wait to see Johnny Depp as the big bad wolf. And then I'm just oh, I'm just out out of my gourd about seeing Robert Duvall and um, Rob, Robert Downey Jr. together in The Judge. Oh, yeah. And, and the last one is St. Vincent. Just tell me that Bill Murray is going to be a grumpy babysitter to Melissa McCarthy's uh, child, and I'm there. I'm just, I'm just there. The visuals just get to me. So it looks like a, what a... Uh, what a diversity of films uh, people are going to be <laughs> faced with for this upcoming uh, fall. Now, I don't, I don't know whether um, AJ is still here. Are you with us? Yep, still here. I do have to take off though, but it's been oh, great and okay. always coming on your show and talking with both you, with all you, Nell and Mac. Well, we, thanks, have, we always oh, thanks, AJ. Yeah, we, we love having you on the show, and we'll we'll hope to uh, to talk with you when again when you can stay longer. So uh, bye bye, and have a, a nice rest of day thinking about all of these wonderful movies. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Take care. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs> well, I, I just wanted gonna, to say to oh, I just wanted to say to Matt that you know I just uh, you know 15 minutes ago talked to Ned about making uh, the disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, and he told that story about uh, being at the film festival that Jessica Chastain, who was just graduating from Juilliard, won tickets on an NPR contest to go to the festival and saw his film and said she wanted to work with him and about how they developed the film together. He had originally written it just from the guy's point of view, but she said to him, she asked him so many questions about the female character that he said it really needed a film of its own. And one of the things that he said that really fascinated me and it made me even more eager to see the film is he said that there's an entirely different visual style, a different color palette, a different use of the camera for each of their perspectives. She's more introspective. There are brighter colors. Uh, there's a there's a, a handheld camera. And with him, he's more sort of propulsive, always moving forward, very focused, very external. And so he used different color palette, more muted color palette, and he used uh, a, a steady cam. So I'm really interested in the way that he used the visuals to help provide the distinction between the two points of view. And he yeah, even has some wearing different costumes. Wow. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing oh, all three gosh. films because I've heard, yeah, you know, just nothing but uh, great things about all of them. And it's going to be very interesting to see, uh, like you just said, a film told from three different entirely, you know, um, unique perspectives. One his, one hers, and one's there, you know, one there. So it's going to be interesting to see how uh, 
because you know everybody remembers things in a very different way. You might have you, you exactly. can see the exact same thing, and we'll have a different take on it. You know, just because exactly. we're yeah. different people, so it's gonna be interesting to see how how, you, how that plays out cinematically. But thank you, thank you for sharing that. I, I was glad to hear that um, you know he was able to tell you that and confirm that what I was saying. Oh well, yeah, absolutely. and I agreed with all of your choices. I agree with with all of your choices, although. I think you cheated a little bit because I go with the AJ rule that, that the fall goes through November. If you start going into December, that's really the winter holiday releases, which is mm-hmm. a different category of film. But, you know, there is one more musical coming up that you didn't mention, and that oh, is good, The Last me. Five Years, The Last Five Years, which is based on a very popular Broadway musical, and which, like uh, The Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, tells the story from two different perspectives, only in this case, first of all, there are songs, and Anna Kendrick and Jeremy, Jeremy Jackson, from, who both are Broadway veterans, are, are the stars. But in addition to that, he tells his story from beginning to end. She tells hers from end to beginning. Oh, oh my gosh. And what's the name of it? What's the name of it? The Last Five Years. The Last Five Years. Oh, wow. I'm yeah, going they, to look at it. They just released the first clip yesterday and it looks amazing oh well thank you thank you for telling me that i'm i'm going to to look uh yeah i'm going to look forward to that too because i always do want to want to see some musicals at least well i didn't really cheat because i always go by by my bible entertainment weekly and they have the (laughs) (laughs) fall preview going through the end of december Uh, isn't that uh, the way you look at it max you know, I, I used to do look at it like that, but then I remember I spoke to uh, AJ, uh, oh, God, this was a couple of uh, months ago, and he was saying how, you know, technically the stuff that opens in December is, re- you, you know, really a more of a winter uh, yeah. film. And I thought, well, you know, I guess, you know, he makes a valid, a valid argument, but yeah, I used to be the same way. I would, uh, you know, just take the entire um, uh, four months and be like, you know, these are the films I'm looking most forward to in the fall, but... um yeah, you know, it's it's really it's it's subjective. You know, it's, right. it's really up to the individual right. person. So, um, me, I'm like, hey, if you want to consider the, through the end of the year, fall, that's great because technically winter doesn't really even start until a few days before Christmas, anyhow. So, you know, what's the yeah. we'll do holiday <laughs> films. We'll do a, yeah. uh, early early Cause, December cause if or we late. Were do, if we we're gonna do through the end of the year, I think I would have said Unbroken also. Yeah, uh, that that's one that I, that would go on my list if we were doing the ten. But let's go to the other extreme. I know okay. now that you don't like you don't like to do, <laughs> to do this about the worst movies. Although you're like me, you kind of enjoy seeing them, <laughs> so you can talk about them. But do you have some movies that you're you're not particularly eager to see that uh, that are coming up in the fall? Well, without fear of contradiction, I'm going to say that I am not looking forward to Dumb and Dumber 2. (laughs) I am not looking forward to Resident Evil 6, (laughs) Paranormal Activity 5. Notice these are all sequels, everything on my list. (laughs) Or Horrible Bosses 2. And then I've got one that's uh, a remake. Uh, Left Behind with Nicolas Cage. I didn't like the first one. I don't think I'm going to like the second one. And I'm just going to add another one, too, because I think it looks terrible. Two Night Stand, even though I like uh, Annalie Tipton. Uh, I just think it looks awful. Oh, my gosh. Look at these sequels that you have on here. That That is really, that that is sad. That is very sad. How, how about you, Mac? Are there, are there uh, some uh, movies that are coming out that you're not too eager to see? 
I definitely concur with everything that Nell just said. <laughs> uh, but the one that I'm probably le- looking the least forward to possibly having to sit through is a Dumb and Dumber 2. I, I yeah. really do think that uh, they waited entirely too long to make that particular sequel. I think the ship has most certainly failed on that. Uh, that said, I know Kathleen Turner's in the film, and um, you know she's always a welcome presence in, in, in film because <laughs> she doesn't get a chance to work nearly enough. But is going to is going to be yeah. I think it's going to be a chore to sit through nonetheless because let's just be honest. I think at the end of the day. Uh, everybody who signed on for that film, particularly Jim Carrey and uh, Jeff Daniels, did it for the paycheck. <laughs> I don't think anybody did it because they particularly were, you know, enamored with those characters and just had to revisit them, you know, 20 years later. So that's that's probably the one I'm looking at the least forward to. And I, I probably get, you know, some, uh, you know, some uh, hate replies on Facebook, but bring it. I don't care. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, well, I might be one of those. I might be one of those that <laughs> that comments. <laughs> Dumb and Dumber, the first movie, Dumb and Dumber, is a, just a personal note here. That's that's kind of the movie that helped bring my uh, Larry and I together again. That's the first movie we saw when we started to reconcile after being apart for 20 years. So oh. I'm kind of e- I'm kind of eager to see what they do <laughs> with this. No, no, actually, I, I like the first film. Don't get me wrong, I like the first. I was I was actually a fan of the first film, but yeah, this this sequel just I think it's. Too, too late in coming, and they already made uh, a prequel that went nowhere about ten years ago. And when this, uh, when the uh, original idea to do the sequel kind of went belly up because, you know, financing fell through, and he, he kind of fell out of favor with um, um, studios because the box office just wasn't there anymore. So yeah, I just I, it's gonna be interesting to see how it performs and if there's an audience for it. So, but me, I'm not, I'm not I can't say I'm too enamored with looking. You know, I'm not, I'm, you know, this is one of those things I'm holding my breath for. Like, oh, I can't wait for that to open up. <laughs> so. Well, it's like like I feel about uh, this movie that that I just like. It got all my votes as the mo- as the as the least eagerly uh, awaited to see, and it's hot tub. Time Machine 2, <laughs> which I I got you know I got in into my time machine inside my computer and I went back to the review that I wrote of uh, Hot Tub Time Machine the first one and I noticed that I titled my review Beyond Bad and then my last last paragraph I have to read this to you well I have to tell you that if you don't know li- listeners it's about these four friends who go who the, they go into this hot tub that takes them back to a time in the 80s when when you know they were younger and and things aren't going well for them now and they go back and okay so this is my last paragraph somehow this visit back in time brings the friends closer together and changes their lives for the better Unfortunately, Hot Tub Time Machine impacted my life in a negative way. For now, I have to worry about the possibility of Hot Time Machine 2. And now we go forward. You totally called it. (laughs) (laughs) And here is that. And in that same review, I really called down John Cusack for being in that movie. And... uh, but I notice he isn't in this movie, so that might be, he might have read my my movie review. I don't know. <laughs> he's, out. he's not in that. So, well, are any of your favorite actors uh, or directors missing from from fall releases now? Yeah, I. You know, we, we where's Tom Hanks and uh, where's George Clooney, uh, Bruce Willis, um, Aaron Sorkin. You know some some of the award winners from years past. 
uh, seem to be uh, busy doing other things right now. So uh, I, I'm sorry that we don't have anything from them. Yeah, I, I'm wondering the same about about them. Any any that you you're missing, Mac? Ooh, um, not that I can think of right away. Actually, they, uh, it's quite the opposite for me. It seems like an embarrassment of riches. But um, you know, with Jessica Chastain, she's got a couple of films coming out with a, a, a most violent year. All of the uh, Eleanor Rigby films, Interstellar. Then you have Viola Davis and all of the Eleanor Rigby films. You have. Um, uh, and Viola Michael. Davis going to be on TV too. Yes, yes, she's also going to be she's, in uh, she's How to Get Away with Murder. Actress. Yeah, yeah. I'm so it's going to be a pretty, pretty big fall for her as well, and I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, you've got William Hurt in a couple of films. You've got uh, John um, Lithgow and Alfred Molina and Marissa Tomei in this great film called uh, Love Is Strange, which is uh, opening up fairly soon. So yes, for me, it's, it's quite the opposite. You know, the only person I can think of right off the bat who I wished was in um, a summer movie is uh, Susan Sarandon, but she's got two films that just came out at the end of August, so you can't really complain there. So <laughs> it is no, like she's no. you know, missing in action in, in that regard. But um, I'm yeah. sorry, Mac, I can, I can complain because one of those films was Tammy, which was horrible. <laughs> Susan Sarandon was great in a gray wig, trying to make her look her actual age, which she never will. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of hard to make her look bad, you know, she's even like, though they like cried. She's like McCarthy's grandmother, which was idiotic, and it was a terrible film, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, she was, she was in it. Yeah. Oh, she no, was, I was great in the to, other uh, two. Yeah, the she calling was great and, in the um, calling and, and uh, Rob, uh, the last of Robin, Robin Hood. Hood. She was excellent in both of those. Well, where's yeah. Jack Black? That's yeah. oh. who I miss. What is, what is he doing? Well, I think I heard that he was going to be in Goosebumps. Now, uh, Nell, because you keep track of all the family films, have you heard anything about that movie? No, just that it's in the works. Of course, he, he was very cute in uh, Weird Al Yankovic's uh, tacky video. So it was fun to see him in that. Yeah, but I, he's not. He doesn't make as many movies as he used to, and, and I really, really uh, miss uh, seeing him because I, all I have to do is just see him, and I smile and, and start mm-hmm. laughing. Well, do either of you have any predictions regarding um, which films will be the most successful this uh, this fall? That going to be most successful at the box office, make the most money. Nell, what are your predictions on that? I had. I have four films that I think will be very successful. Uh, one of them is uh, AJ's top choice, Interstellar. I think Christopher Nolan is a very popular director. Matthew McConaughey is at the top of his career. I think that one looks really, really good. Uh, Gone Girl, we've talked about that before. Mac, I'm so happy you mentioned Rosamund Pike. She is one of my favorite actresses. She is ready for the prime time, ready for the big time, and I think that's going to be huge. Uh, Wild with... Um, Reese Witherspoon, I think, mm. based again on a, a best-selling book, I think it's going to be very successful. And then I think the big family film uh, may, be, it may be Hero 6, but I think that Penguins of Madagascar with uh, uh, John Malkovich playing the evil octopus um, is going to be a big hit as well. Yes, those are good predictions, and uh, I can't believe that we're, I mean, we only have five minutes left. I mean, every time you guys are on the show, it just goes by, the time goes by so fast, and we learn and we learn so much, but I don't want to um, wrap things up until um, you get a chance to, uh, to say, uh, to tell us about any projects that you're working on now. Uh, Mac, um, what are you working on that you'd like listeners to know about? 
Ooh, well, right now I'm gearing up to uh, start coverage for the Milwaukee Film Festival. The 2014 uh, edition is getting ready to uh, start on September 25th. Uh, tomorrow night I'm going to be going to a special screening of this amazing new uh, documentary. Uh, it's about this uh, uh, actress. Her name is Lourdes Cologne. She was diagnosed with stage 4 uh, Hodgkin's um, lymphoma. And, you know, what most people would consider a destiny, she actually uh, took as a challenge, and she um, dreamt up her own, uh, crafted, rather, her own uh, medical uh, treatment, and now she is uh, completely cancer-free. And the movie is called Create Option C, My Journey with Cancer, and that debuts uh, tomorrow night here in town. And I'm definitely looking oh, forward to uh, seeing that she's going to be here in town. So those are the two things I'm gearing up for, as well as, you know, continuing to write for the blog and, um, right. for my next time for the uh, magazine and, you know, personal writing projects um, that I'm, um, you know, writing at, at the moment as well. Busy, busy. And how about you, Nell? Well, I, I know you guys are aware that my favorite thing to do every year is to go to Comic-Con in San Diego. This year, for the first time, I'm also going to be going to New York Comic-Con in oh. just a few weeks. And I'm excited about that. Uh, and uh, uh, it won't be as big and it won't be as grand, but it'll be in New York. And that means that there'll be some crazy stuff going on there. And uh, I've also just today was invited to a wonderful summit meeting uh, here in Washington, D.C., with uh, Gina Davis and this great project that she has about the portrayal of women in media. And I think given some of the sad stories we've seen in the media over the last year, the treatment of women, I think in, in video games and uh, in the news, I think that's very, very timely, and I'm really looking forward to being an active participant in that summit. How exciting. Yeah. I'm so glad that both of you are, are uh, keeping so busy and doing so many exciting things, but it's time to wrap things up now. So I want to thank you, Nell and Mac and AJ, for being such terrific guests again today. And I want to thank all of our listeners. I want to thank uh, Nikki Starr, our producer, for everything she does to make Movie Attic Headquarters happen, and all the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support. But that's all for now, folks. So let's close the show with one of my very favorite movie tunes. Get ready, everybody, for Hooray for Hollywood. Thank you.
Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.